Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Inspirational Podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and thank you again so much for tuning in today. Today's guest is a very close friend of mine. Her name is Abby O'Brien, and I've known Abby since she was a little kid. Um, I grew up with her brothers and her family, and she is one amazing woman. But there's a story behind Abby, and I wanted to share it with you today. She suffered a horrific injury, and uh, today's podcast is about what she learned through this time and how it has impacted her life. She's an amazing young woman, and um, I thought I'd get her on today and and uh, just chat about some of the things that have happened. So without further ado... I hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, so I wanted to say thank you, Abby, for coming on today. And um, for our audience that doesn't know <laughs> that you and I have had a long-standing relationship since maybe yes. you were in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> long time. It's been a very long time. Uh, a little bit of back history for Abby and I, um, her family, the Catola family. Of course, Abby's married now. She's an O'Brien, and we'll get to that too. But her uh, her family, the Catolas, have been friends with the Prococos for about a bazillion years. Yeah. And when I'm a little bit older than you, by maybe a half a minute. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, but the time that my family and your family spent together kind of tied us together. And you've become a, uh, a good friend, of course, and of course, a, a professional patient of mine. So we've always had a pretty good relationship. And um, so today... Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the injury that you had, but I want to get some of the backstory out, out first. I want sure. to know a little bit more about where you're at now. So um, right now, you, tell me about your family. What's going on there? Sure. Um, well, I'm a mom of four, so I have two girls and two boys. The girls are in middle school. The boys are in elementary school. And just like everyone else in this <laughs> world, uh, we're dealing with pandemic and hybrid remote learning. Um, you know, it's kind of a hot mess, but, you know, doing the best with what we have. So um, trying to navigate my kids home three days yeah. at school, two days, juggling work, um, being a wife, you know, getting all the daily to do stuff done. Uh, so. You know, it is what it is. I, you know, I can only can control what I can control and. You're busy as heck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's why I've been inspired by you for so long because you never complain, at least not in my presence. I'm sure that somebody else may have a different story to tell who might be living with you. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you've always been somebody who just solves the problem, gets right at it and gets moving. Mm -hmm. And you've been inspiring to so many others. And, and so tell me a little bit about, um, obviously the kids are your life, number one. Um, but this training and keeping yourself physically and mentally fit has been pretty important to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I've always been an athlete. I play soccer. Um, and the last five years I've been doing health and fitness coaching. So, you know, I, I found something I love to do at home. So it turned into something that I was already naturally sharing about it. So I uh, turned it into a job essentially. Um, and, you know, just kind of helping others along all the while keeping myself accountable. I figure if I am putting myself out there, I have to show up. It kind of, you know, I was already pretty accountable. I'm, I'm pretty much like, a, you know, I'll do it regardless kind of thing. Right. Um, but this just kind of had added that extra notch of responsibility and finding joy and helping others move and get active and 
you know, create healthy habits. So, yeah. What is the, what's the background of, of what you do? Is it a, um, what would you call, what's the name of what you do with the, uh, with the training? Sure. So it's through uh, Beachbody, which is, you know, a big company. Yeah. Everybody um, kind of knows yeah. Beachbody. Yeah. Tony Horton, Shanti, you know, all yeah. those trainers. So, um, you know, their home workout programs. And, you know, after I had my fourth child, uh, getting out to run or, you know, which is something I had done is not as easy. Like I don't have a triple stroller or, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, or even getting to the gym. It's just like when you're a mother, it doesn't matter if you have one, two, three, four kids, uh, time, you really have to maximize your time. And it's, I just didn't have time to travel to a gym, even if it was local then take time there and then get back. It's just, but I still wanted to be active. So I found something where I could press plan a workout, 30 minutes done. I felt great. I felt productive. Right. Um, it took up a minimal amount of time in my day. Uh, really, I could do it any time of day. Um, I wasn't regulated to any certain fitness um, schedule. Uh, you know, if I got it done in the morning, great. If I had to wait till the end of the day because it was crazy with the kids, then so be it. Right. Um, but it was the most flexible option for me to continue to be physically active. Cause I think, you know, after having a fourth child prior to that, you know, I was playing soccer after, you know, after each and after every kid, I always, you know, bounce back with running or other type of workouts um, yeah. and playing soccer. And, you know, at the end of my fourth pregnancy, my father had passed away. And those last couple months of being pregnant were just, I mean, it was Christmas time you're at the end of your pregnancy, everything just kind of spiraled to the point where I was physically active prior to that, doing the Stairmaster. And, you know, I played soccer until I'm five, six months pregnant. Um, and then everything just kind of went downhill with holidays and dealing with my father's passing yeah. that, you know, I just really gained that weight. And I was, you know, I never hopped on the scale whenever I like, when you go to your, your doctor, you have to hop on the scale and then take your weight. I yeah. never looked at it because I don't care what the, the scale says. It is what it is. I knew that after the pregnancy, I was going to get back to my healthy weight kind of thing. Um, so I never knew what I got up to because uh, it was funny when I when my water broke with Sean and we went to the hospital, they're like, OK, so how much do you weigh? Because we need to know in order to give you the proper <laughs> like, spinal know. Yeah. you know, amount. And I was like, I have no idea you're going to have to bring a scale in here. And I right. still didn't look. But I obviously after having the baby and getting home on the scale and I stepped on the scale, it was like the heaviest I had ever been post baby. Yeah. Um, and I just felt icky. So, you know, these home workouts really allowed me that to be consistent. And it was something that my husband joined in with me. He supported um, what I wanted to do and was going to be there alongside me. So we did it together. And, you know, right after I had Sean, he had actually got switched to third shift, right. um, which is not ideal when you have four kids and your husband's working nights and you are working day and have four kids. And right. um, But we would do our workouts in the evening after we put the kids to bed, he would shower and go to work. So it was something that we did together and supported one another and found great success with. So it just kind of spiraled from there. Yeah, It makes the family closer, I assume. Sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <clears throat> I really love the message because I have, obviously in my practice, I have a lot of 
people like yourself who are lost. You're not lost, but they're lost and kind of searching for something and somewhere to go. And I think you just nailed a lot of what people wanted to hear, (laughs) to be honest with you, that I'm shuffling a life. It's not going to be easy. Some days it feels like I'm carrying the weight of the world. Yet there's always these happy moments built in to the hard work. And that's what you can't lose focus on, obviously. And which is what I admire about you is that I've watched your weight go up and go down. But I always know what you know. That it'll be back. Yeah. You'll be back. Yeah. It'll be back. And you can fight your way through anything as long as you're committed to getting there. Yeah. So your message is so very important to so many people. You know, sometimes I look at like the message that I want to bring to people about, uh, you know, personal development and their perspective, but it's not going to be that easy for a man of 55 to get in to help maybe get the kind of support and influence that a mom in her 30s with four children <laughs> needs to hear. You know, I sure. think they need to hear it from another person like yourself. And I, I'm so uh, thankful that you came in today so we could talk about it. But I wanted to ask you about the injury mm. because that was probably, I'm just going to throw words in your mouth and then you go with it, right? Sure. It's just going to be, that had to be one of the most difficult times, the most trying moments of your life with everything going on. And yet somehow you went through it with grace and have come back harder and better than ever. So bring us to that day and tell me what happened. Sure. So uh, it was May 10th, uh, the day after my husband's birthday. Uh, his sister was actually visiting from North Carolina. So, you know, the night before we had gone out to dinner, it was great. Uh, That Friday, um, at the time, I was playing in a couple different soccer leagues. And on Friday nights, I was playing on a co-ed soccer league. So that Friday night, um, I went off to my game as usual. And, you know, at the uh, you know, my brother was also playing. My brother Carl was also playing with me. So, you know, and I had some, you know, childhood friends that were on the team. Um, So you know, 10 minutes into the game, I was playing forward and I was up near the net and I was going to the ball and I just felt (laughs) like someone just kicked me so hard in the back of my right heel and I just dropped. I mean, like immediate pain from my knee down. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, and I started crying immediately, which for me, um, I've been playing soccer for years. I play co-ed. I love co-ed. I play in women's leagues. Um, I play very hard. I take a lot of hits. I'll take balls off that head, whatever. Um, I don't remember the last time I've cried right. <laughs> over an injury. You yeah. just gotta, I just kind of suck it up and, and keep playing. Was that a painful cry or an emotional cry? Uh, painful cry. Painful yeah, cry, this yeah. was like an instantaneous drop and I'm crying, grabbing my leg. And yeah. You know, all I could think was, wow, that was such a cheap shot. Like, I didn't even have the ball yet, and they kicked me, you know? So, you know, I'm like, okay. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, it was just a really bad hit. They just hit the right spot. I'll get off the field. I'll shake it off. I'll be fine. Um, And I needed help off the field, which was the first indicator. Like, I can't really put weight on my foot. Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah. But also that part of denial, like, well, it's going to be fine. I'm going to sit down, I'll shake it off, I'll get some water and I'll be back on the field. And I just sat there and it, uh, the pain was like <laughs> intensifying and I just felt like I had no control over my foot. And I was like, okay, this isn't good. Like yeah. I, I know something's really wrong. Um, you know, and, and different people would come over and, and see how I was doing because obviously they continue on with the game and you know our opponents some of the girls I actually play with on a different league so one of them came over to see how I was doing and kind of talk about what had happened and you know I was like oh yeah someone just kicked me whatever she's like no no one kicked you I'm like no someone kicked me she's like no one was around you yeah. and I was like oh gosh don't tell me that because I just had another teammate a couple months prior 
have the same thing happen. He ruptured his Achilles. And, you know, you hear the story, a similar story of people feel like they just get hit with a brick or something like that. And yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, this can't be what that is, you know? So whatever the game ends my brother has to like piggyback me off the field because i literally can cannot put any weight on it yeah um my husband came to pick me up and i was like you know what i'm not gonna go to the emergency room like it's just silly like they're just gonna refer me out to an orthopedist like i'll just wait it out the night see how it is in the morning elevate ice whatever um (laughs) and we get home and i'm like getting out of the van and i don't have crutches or anything so i'm like i literally crawled into my house Mm. And I was just, I was in pain and it's like, I would test trying to put my foot down and it was just like excruciating. And so the next morning I went to just like an urgent care and the guy there did the the Thompson test on your calf and stuff yeah. and was like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's ruptured. It could be just partial, but I'm, you know, yeah. you need to go get it checked. So I get it checked and they confirm and, you know. It felt like a whirlwind, and next thing you know, I'm going into surgery for it, so. Tell me about the night. Were you able to sleep throughout the night, or were you in pain? Um, So, I was in pain. I did sleep. It's kind of a blur. I mean, I just, you know, yeah. I mean, I I slept. (laughs) It was emotional. Um, And and your mind's just going in all these places, like, what if, you know? Well, how am I going to regulate this into my life if this has just happened to me? yeah. Yeah, and for those who don't know, um, you know, not everybody's an anatomist, but uh, the Achilles is wrapping around that heel, and then it rips off the heel, which is connecting your calf to your foot, so you can flex your foot. You know, it's interesting. You said that your your other teammate said there was nobody around you. That's really the telltale mark right there. And you got the other one correct. Somebody hit me right. when I was uh, uh, coaching football. I was pushing a sled. And I felt that sensation. I didn't tear the Achilles. I ruptured the uh, the covering or the aponeurosis that covers your calf. It oh. tore. So the calf tore out through it. So it felt like I was shot. Yes. So I looked around <laughs> to see if I was if somebody literally had shot yeah. me. Like me with a twenty two gun or yeah. something. So I turned to the to the athlete behind me. And I said, did you just hit me with my <laughs> iPad? Because I had the iPad. I was taking video stuff yep. of, of uh, performance of the athletes. And I thought that the athlete behind me had whacked me <laughs> with it. Or I got shot. Yeah. And I went down like a ton yeah. of bricks. And I, So what you're saying brings chills to somebody like myself who's already who didn't go through it like you. Obviously, yours was nasty. I, I dealt with it for six to eight weeks. But you went through surgery. And then you had many, many months of recovery. So how did the surgery go? The surgery went well. I mean, it, it's it's very quick and streamlined. Uh, I had my mom drop me off that morning, whatever time I had to check in. You get in, you go through all the procedural stuff at the hospital. Um, they give you the stuff to knock you out. I remember being getting wheeled into the room and they're like, what music do you want? I'm like, I don't care. You play whatever you want. You're listening to it, you know? <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm waking up in the recovery room. Yeah. I mean, it just felt Pro- like it happened like that. I was going to say, it probably felt like it was a five minute ordeal yeah. and it yeah. probably took a few hours right. to do it all. Yeah. yeah. And it was pretty quick. And then, then it's like, okay, you're fine to go home. And my husband just picked me up on his way from work. I was like, don't take the day off. Just, <laughs> it just worked out. <laughs> by, by the way, I just reattached <laughs> my leg. <laughs> Can like, you just, come get me? It worked out perfectly. He just yeah. picked me up and home I went. So, so you're home and how about the kids? Are they loving you like crazy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're concerned. Uh, they're used to seeing a mom who's on the go, who's physically capable, yeah. uh, who's doing all the things for them. And now it's like, 
mom's just sitting on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, what is going on here? Something's off. Yeah. So the they only, were concerned. And the only way that could be good is if they can attack the, uh, the, the ice cream in the freezer because <laughs> right. you can't catch them. I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. We never had much ice cream in this house. We were poor, but we figured it out. <clears throat> so then you got to figure out, obviously, how you're going to navigate this world while you're in some sort of rehabilitation. I saw you were on that little bicycle, yeah, the little yeah. skirter thing. And of course you aced the hell out of that in two <laughs> seconds. It's just another challenge, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. What do you think were some of your biggest challenges in the recovery phase? Uh, it was really hard. I mean, I, I knew people talk of this injury and I like head knowledge knew that it was a, a difficult injury like the recovery aspect. So yeah. I had, or I already knew that, but I don't think you really know until you, until go, through you go through it. Yeah. And, you know, at first it's like, okay, this is great. Like <laughs> I'm someone who's always on the go and it's always like, oh, I long for the day when I can just sit, you know? So, okay, here I am. I could, that's all I'm doing now is right. able to sit and elevate my leg because, you know, those first eight weeks, even if I wanted to get up with crutches or got up on my knee scooter or took a quick ride, my leg would swell within the hour and, and it would be uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So my only option was really just to sit and elevate. And, you know, at first, great, fine. Uh, you know, we have, we live in a great town where there's a lot of a supportive community that, you know, kind of banded together and put this meal train together. And oh, like nice. we had meals for the first, I don't even know how many weeks like coming um, every week. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was great and nice. And but I, I think the first, you know, day was like, okay, this is great. I'm just sitting and relaxing and everyone's tending to me. But then it, it really hits like, oh my gosh, like I need crutches to get up. I need crutches to move. Crutches are no fun. Or, you know, luckily I got a knee scooter. I acquired that from our council on aging because someone had suggested with this injury, a knee, knee scooter is so much easier to navigate around the house, sure. wheel around the house. <clears throat> you can be hands-free in the kitchen, you know, helping yourself. Um, so I had that, which was which was huge and great. But um, I think I realized how much I took for granted just standing up, hmm. having my hands, you know, moving with ease yeah. quickly. Like I'm a quick mover. And now it takes me like a process to get to the bathroom and then to sit down, you know, like you're doing one legged squats all day. Right. Um, <clears throat> and even taking a, I took a bath because we have a stand up shower and we have like a whirlpool tub so I couldn't do the shower right at first it was just couldn't a little stand too up complicated yeah. yeah um so I would go in the bath but it was like this big process to like get over and into the bath and hang my leg out because of the cast and um it yeah everything was a process and I remember like when I would go to bed and I'd wake up and I'm like I just want to get up and go and I'm uncomfortable. It, it's almost like it was like this daunting task waking up because it's like, oh my gosh, here we go. We have to do it all over, over again. again. Yeah. And I have so much to do, but I can't do a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Luckily, my, my husband was awesome and proactive and making sure because the kids were still in school at time. They still had activities like right. all the was things still that going you normally on. do. Yeah. He's doing for you. Right. Uh, so he, you know, would help and make sure he hit up the grocery store on the way home from work and get the kids to set everything up the night before that they need for school and, and 
pack lunches and whatever. And, you know, luckily my mom lived across the street and she had just retired at the time. So she was kind of, you know, there at my beck and call, like, you know, someone needs to be picked up from this. It's like I had to coordinate everything because um, it was my right leg. I couldn't drive. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's like another layer. Yeah. Things that you don't it. think of until right. you're right in it. Right. I'm like, OK, now I can't like I'm really I was just completely helpless. Yeah. You know, I, I have to uh, scratch my head as I look at you and I think you're somebody who has helped everybody without question. Whenever somebody needs a hand, you're always there. You've got four amazing kids. So you're an incredible mom, a great daughter, an amazing uh, a wife. But all of a sudden, for one moment, you have to rely on everybody else and no longer do you get to do all those things that are uplifting for you, or should I say not all of them, but many things have to take a back burner. Was that difficult for you emotionally? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I I think I'm someone who like, if I really need help, I'll ask for it, but I'm also very much a doer. Like if I can do it, why do I need to ask someone else to do it? You're independent as can be, so you can do it. Yes. And I, I like being that way. I mean, I think I, you know, those traits are come from my dad. He was just a doer. Um, so that's what I do. And when a lot of the things that I was doing are connected to my physicality, it 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 really was. Um, I definitely had some like hard mental days like, OK, it you know, I'm, I'm someone who always thinks about where am I finding my identity? Right. Like, where am I putting all my eggs or my is my identity tied just to my to my physical being? Um, and when this happened, it was like, oh my gosh, am I only finding joy in just being able to be physical, right? Like there's gotta be more, like I have to know that there's more to me as a person than just my physical capabilities. Right. Being able to drive somewhere or being able to drop someone off here or being able to play on a soccer team. Like what more can I bring other than just my physical being? Um, So I think that was hard because I, I, it's something I have thought about prior to my injury, you know, like I've had discussions with people like, okay, when you can't play tennis anymore, what, what do you have? Like, you know, so for me, you know, I am a Christian and it was like that. Okay. Like I need to man up now. Like, am I putting my trust and faith in God to bring me through this and to provide all my needs? And, um, or am I just relying on my physical capabilities? Because, you know, I I know that there was risks in playing any sport. Sure. Soccer, it's very physical, um, especially as an aging person. Yeah. Even and, you though had, I, and you had a lot on the line. Yeah. yeah. Even though I don't want to admit that I'm getting older, I still think I am am what I am. Yeah. Um, but I know those risks. So, And I know that there's going to come a time where it'll taper off and I won't be doing certain things and I'll have to change up what I'm doing and and that's fine. But yeah, it was really, really hard because um, it's a process. You know, sometimes we don't want to go through the process. Like we're very much a society where it's instant gratification and so many things we can access in an instant and have in an instant that this was not that case. You know, when women look, other athletes, I'm just going to say women athletes, because I know you're very instrumental in that, but they look at you and I can imagine many of them would say, oh, you're so lucky you have blah, 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 blah. You're like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Every day comes another challenge and it's mentally grueling. And it's, it's pretty cool to hear what you said about the physicality, you know, and how much you've become in tuned with that. But now it's almost like 
you're a car, a wonderful high expense, a high end expensive vehicle, but now you got to drive within it, right? You got to be yeah. okay within yourself. Who yeah. am I? Right. You know, and I obviously you 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 were ahead of me on. That. I was going to ask you about your faith and how important that was for you yeah. in being able to kind of find a little bit more of the depth of who you are in there to help you get past this. Do you believe um, that there was some? greater message that came out of this for you personally because of the injury that made you reflect a little more deeply? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely not someone who's like, you know, God caused this. He let, you know, right. he, he let it happen. Sure. Could he have stopped it? Sure. Um, but I, I wasn't someone who came away after the injury, like angry at God. I wasn't angry at God. Um, cause certainly there are people when things happen, that's where they direct their anger. And sure. I get that. Um, I wasn't angry and I really wanted to kind of pause and be like, okay, this isn't like, I had to tell myself cause I definitely had days where it was felt dark in my head and I felt completely discouraged and I was like oh my gosh like you know this is gonna be a while this is gonna be a process and you know I don't want to go through this process I want to be done with it and um I had to really tell myself that okay this isn't happening to me (laughs) like it's happening for me for a reason right? right um like you have to find I like I have no choice but to find the nuggets in all of this um so, of course, there were days where I'd be Debbie Downer and just want to cry and did cry and, you know, turn to my husband at, at the end of the day in bed and be like, what the heck? Like, right. why? Like, I, you know, um, but yeah, it was definitely a strengthening of the relationship with Christ. And, right. you know, like, OK, like what m- message am I relaying to people too? like? Right. Yes, I put myself out there as a health and fitness person, but there's more to life than just being fit and eating the right foods. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like put it all together yeah, so like, there's complete peace. Yeah. So and and I want to be someone who's more than just that and know that people know um, you know, especially like like my clients, you know, and people that I have in my virtual fit groups. Like I want them to know that you know, this is part of what we do and it's a great focus that can impact, uh, you know, your your life greatly. Right. Depending what you're eating, how you're feeling, sure. physical endorphins, all that jazz. But like there's more to life than that. Like I want you to like connect with yourself and learn about yourself and grow and personal development and like it's mind body soul you know it's not you're just caring physical. for people yeah and that's really important right but you can't, it's very difficult to care for others when you haven't learned to care for yourself right and maybe that's a piece of the message sure. that's kind of resonated through with you yeah but you know asking you to come on to my podcast it's been a while because of covid and everything yeah but, um, you know, I, I, I've said it to you before that you're somebody who should be out there. Here you are. This is your first podcast. So mm-hmm. lucky me. I get to be the first <laughs> one to have you on. But I think that you're one of the winners because you have the global message where you're rooted, you're grounded in your faith. you got a great family. And yet you're still susceptible to the same stress and pain that many of all of us go through. Yeah. No matter what your circumstances, you got to overcome it. And you've been bringing that message. But this time it didn't come through what you say. It comes through with what you do. Mm -hmm. And you and I were in a treatment session the other day and you mentioned, we were talking about that calf and what it's going through, but it's not finished yet, is it? No. 
it's still a process, yeah. right? It's still a process. And, and it's still shaping you emotionally yeah. and who you are yeah. as every piece of what you are. Yeah. You know, so you have to decide what you're going to do when life hands you, you know, lemons. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know it's kind of a cliche, right? You know, <laughs> you, true. you drop a tree on me, I'll make firewood <laughs> out of it. All these little isms that people say. But the isms are cool. I, I like to hear people talk about things. But more importantly, I want to see the action. And watching you go from being hurt, injured, and losing your natural body for a period of time and watching it come back. I mean, I said to my wife, Lisa, who runs our business, for those out there who don't know it, I said, look at Abby. She came back fast. She was like, well, what'd you expect? I go, nothing. <laughs> and listen, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna make a quick shout out to Ano and Carl and your sister, mm-hmm. uh, mom, mm-hmm. and all of them. These are her family, and yet none of them are the stud you are. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Thank you. <laughs> your sister Anna. 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 Yeah. I don't know Anna very yeah. well. She was that much younger. But yeah. when I look at you and then the boys, and I love the boys. Mm-hmm. Carl and Anna are great. But yeah. You guys ain't nothing next to your sister. <laughs> and your mom is sweet. And you know, she's your biggest fan, yeah, of course. Sure. And maybe in some ways she's also a fan of mine. And she's been with me forever yeah. since yeah. I was a little little fart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to make sure that you and I together said hello to Mary, your mom. Because <laughs> she's home going, oh my God, he's talking about me now. Good job, Pete. <laughs> yes. And I know she's so very proud of you and all that you've done. So mm-hmm. that has to make you feel even better. Yeah. And she was part of the yeah. of, of your your journey because she was there and you were very fortunate at that time I assume yeah I mean that's huge I mean like I said we had neighbors that were great in driving kids and picking them up from practice knowing full well that I couldn't share in the responsibility with them Um, here and there maybe the husband could depending on work Um, but my mom was kind of like that go-to gal that was like okay I need this can you pick up this can you drop this person here Um, I need to pick up you know, go to the store and get this. Can you bring me? Or, you know, she was driving me to appointments, like yeah. driving me to you. Like, I, <laughs> right. you know, I couldn't drive anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, obviously once the kids were out of school, it was like, okay, mom still can't do anything. I mean, we spend our summers over at my mom's house at the lake yeah. um, every day. And now I couldn't do that. I mean, she has like, you know, 30 steps down to the water that I was not able to physically do. And like I said, my leg was still swelling. So if I got up and went over to watch my kids in 20 minutes, I'd be over it and just want to go back home. So she was great about, you know, coming over, taking the kids swimming if it was for an hour or just like, hey, if you need a break. I mean, I was still luckily between health and fitness, I could still work. I'm still running my groups. I'm still encouraging people and putting together content for them. Um, my other job I was still able to do, you know, to pretty much data entry. So I was able to still work without a hitch, which was fine. And yes, I was still working out. I'm the type of person that, um, you always can do something. There's always something you can do. And you know, I'm like, you know what? I preach that to people and now it's my turn to show them what I can do. I have this injury where I had to go through surgery. I have a cast and you know, I have access to all these workouts and I just continued on with upper body workouts from the ground with ab workouts, with leg raises or whatever. Um, you know, obviously I was mindful of not getting too sweaty and having the cast, you know, any, any of that kind of infection or anything like that. I was responsible, I would say. Um, but I kind of, I think I took a couple days off and then I was back at it. I was like, you know what, (laughs) there's not much else I can do. I want to do what I can. Um, and, you know, that just made me feel still like I had a little piece, like I still can do something. Yeah. Um, and you were, I, did. I like to think of your 
your, your moment as you're on injured reserve. Yes. You're on the IR. Now, athletes, pro athletes that go on the IR, where they are now in a dugout or they're on a, on a bench somewhere, they kind of get lost because people gloss over them at that time because they're the, because the, the match is still on. Yeah. So if you lost your main player, you can't focus on the main player. Now, we love that player and we want them back. But unfortunately, it's not their time. And right. that's that's a mental. Oh, that's so difficult. You know, and I've had some time to work with pro athletes in the past and watching them suffer emotionally after injuries and trying to encourage them that you're going to come back. The world will know your name. They still know your name. Yeah. Sure. You, the biggest challenge to repair is not to repair that tendon or you know, that attachment, although it, you know orthopedics would say, no, you no, I get that. But it's what it does to the soul of a person. And that gives you an idea of who you are, yeah. what your worth is. Yeah. So sometimes some of the most horrific things that can happen to us are so necessary that we can't see it in the time. Sure. We have to wait till some time has passed. Maybe yeah. like this COVID-y thing. You yeah. know? We really don't know where it's all going to look like in a year or so. And mm-hmm. then, So you have to wait it out sometimes. And I think you said it really well that sometimes we want it all today because we are in an instant gratification, a world of of uh, high tech that gives us everything we want right now. But we can't substitute hard work, time, energy, focus, and, you know, reinventing yourself consistently. It's like being in a marriage, you know, if you communicate with your your significant other, you have to evolve that communication style because the world around us is evolving. And if we attack it the exact same way every day without any uh, understanding of how it affects us and people around us, then we wind up stale, miserable. And I'm so happy that you're still out there making sure that other young athletes and, and women who may not have ever had a relationship with exercise, yeah. you're showing them how to become like the fisher of men, a biblical thing, yeah. you know, rather than just one thing and, <laughs> right. and help them to talk about it, to enjoy it, to become sure. social with it and then and then to bring it to others. So what's what's going to be in the future for you now coming up over the next few years? What do you what do you see yourself doing? Um, well, continuing on with everything I'm currently doing and I guess evolving. I mean, you know, it's been a little over a year, year and a couple months, whatever it is now, almost a year and a half since my injury. Um, you know, and you have certain goals that you want to attain, right? It was first, it was like, I just want to stand on two feet. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh, if I'm just starting with this, I have such a long way to go to get back to soccer. And then it was like taking a step. I mean, that was huge. I felt like this little baby that like, for the first in time. In my mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in my mind, I can do this, but like my body is just like, why is this so hard? And, you know, going through physical therapy and it's like you you start all over again. It's like I already mastered all these things and now yeah. I'm back at scratch again and, you know, whatever. So I've come through all that. Uh, you know, I this spring I had gotten to the point with my physical therapy where we were, you know, playing soccer one-on-one and running and you know I had obviously since COVID there's not soccer leagues per se but uh, women that I had played with were doing these conditioning sessions in lieu of a season um, this past summer so they're doing conditioning and they're doing a COVID style scrimmage where you know essentially it's like two touch so you're not holding on the ball for too long for someone else to come on you. So, uh, you know, I, I took that step. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. It was very mentally like scary sure, because, um, I want to say after my injury, it's like, 
no one could go near my leg when I when I transitioned from the cast to the boot when I'd have to take the boot off it was like I would literally shake my my leg was so weak I didn't want anyone near it like I mean you would hear me like if I had to take the boot off and rest it on a pillow I was like yelling at my kids to stay away because I had this fear of them even just coming close and grazing it or anything. Yeah, moving a toe. Yeah, so, you know, playing soccer, I mean, people are banging up against you. They're kicking you. You know what I mean? It's very And you go in multiple directions, which is (laughs) why you got hurt in the first place. Right, So it it was very scary. Um, I mean, everyone knew my situation. You know, everyone was... Respectful. Yeah, cognizant and sensitive and encouraging. Um, So obviously they started with conditioning stuff, which was great. It was all kind of I was doing in physical therapy anyway and then the scrimmage in my mind when I was playing I mean I I played like kind of like crap I mean I did fine for what it was but yeah. I'm like oh, I know here, I can do here better comes the athlete now. <laughs> the competitive yeah, very competitive. Nature. you know because yeah. it's hard going from playing I was playing at a very good level I had I, I mean, I want to say I'm. I was playing better last year before injury than I was in high school. Like I've just evolved so far. My speed was really good, um, aggressiveness, just level of play. Just I, my endurance felt awesome. Like I would just run and I wouldn't stop. And um, so in my mind, your mind's still there. Like okay, I can do this. I can play like that. But like my body's just not moving like that. My, <laughs> like even though I'm, I've been active ever since my injury, and I've gotten you know really back at it with workouts soccer endurance is completely different like you know I'm I'm fit but then you go play soccer and it's like a whole different ball game but that second time I went back like it was like an immediate jump like I felt so much better and I knew that would happen I, I didn't get discouraged because after having four kids after each pregnancy when I would come back that first game that first game, first couple of games, like you just feel like junk. Everything's jiggling. Yeah. You just feel winded. <laughs> jiggling. Yeah, like I just, you know, it's just like, oh. But then like you give it a couple of games and it's like, all right, like yeah. there is that muscle memory, that body memory. Yeah. Um, so it, it felt good. So, I mean, I obviously foresee um, More continuing soccer. to play soccer. But, yeah. I, you know, I also want to be smart. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not... I don't want to go through that ever again. There's people that do re-rupture or they rupture the other side. And sure. it's kind of like no rhyme or reason, which is scary. I didn't have any indicators leading up to that yeah, point. Not like a sore ankle <laughs> yeah, or a pole never, or a bleed or never. something. Just no showed up. No pain, no anything. Like it, it just happened out of the blue, which is kind of scary because it's like, okay, at any given point, I could be just walking. It could happen. Um, so I'm, you know, trying to be mindful of that, especially because, you know, I... I have responsibilities and you've had four children. Let's hope you don't have four more. (laughs) No, no, no more. But, um, yeah. So integrating soccer a little bit more, um, continuing with health and fitness and helping people and, you know, just How, how can people find you? Uh, so I'm on Facebook. I mean, I'm on Instagram. I, you know, I can provide you with those, you know, links or whatever yeah. but yeah like I'm just I'll, on social media yeah I'll put them in obviously with mm-hmm. this at the end I want people to be able to find you yeah. maybe follow your story a little mm-hmm. bit and, and if they would like to get involved in sure you know some coaching with you to yeah. to get their goals moving in the right direction yeah you know you're you're very relatable and your passion is written all over you mm-hmm. but you are one competitive SOB when you're at it <laughs> and it's probably one of your yes. underlying strengths yeah right yeah so when you have that 
that uh, that competitive nature mixed in with humility, that's how I would have to describe you. So if someone said, describe Abby O'Brien for me, I'd say somebody who's incredibly, uh, I'm going to use just the two simple words, you know, you're competitive with humility and your faith and your family have rounded you off into something mm-hmm. that people need more of a message from a person like yourself. Not that you know, you're better or worse than anybody right. else, but I feel it immediately just being with you. I always have, but there are those other people that are so far in the wrong direction. And a lot of them are my women patients. I'm like, I wish they meet you, someone like yourself who can inspire them and keep them on track and know that it's not going to be great every day. Right. Life doesn't work that way. Right. But as you said, hey man, if you get kicked in the teeth, then, uh, <laughs> you know, grow some new teeth or, or put on a mask. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I'm so happy that you came on with thank me today. You. And thank you for sharing your message with people sure. out there. And um, uh, I'm going to say one last um hello to your mom. (laughs) If I don't make her a priority, I'm a fool. (laughs) So Abby, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. We'll see you again soon. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.